Prepare your ears, humans. Happy, sad, confused begins now. Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, a new year of podcasts begins with an old favorite, Claire Foy on her new film, Women Talking. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz, and welcome to another edition, another year, in fact, of Happy, Sad, Confused. Uh, what a great way to start 2023 with one of our favorites delivering a stellar performance in one of my favorite movies of the last year. It's Claire Foy. She is, of course, talking about her new movie, Women Talking. Uh, we reunited a while back. This is probably taped at least a good month ago in New York City. We got a chance to see each other in person, which was lovely, and... Um, had a lot of fun talking about a very serious movie, um, but that's the way we do things uh, when Claire Foy and I get together. So uh, more on Claire in a second, but first, other things to mention. I hope you guys had a great holiday. I hope you guys had a chance to take some well-deserved time off with your family and reflect and look ahead and recharge. I certainly did. Um, for those of you that got a chance to enjoy our New Year's Eve special, I hope you had as much fun watching and listening as we did taping it. Uh, we got a chance to collect some of our favorite folks just for the Patreon crowd. Uh, as you guys may or may not know, if you're a Patreon member, you certainly know. Um, but on Patreon, we try to give you guys some exclusives. We give you early access to all the episodes. We give you discount codes. And sometimes we were even able to offer these special live streams. So on New Year's Eve, I gathered with Rachel Zegler, Ben Schwartz, Colin O'Donoghue, and who am I missing? Oh, of course, Glenn Powell. Glenn Hangman himself, how could I forget? Um, for a wild and fun uh, conversation. And I know the audience seemed to enjoy it. That was in the live stream, and I certainly did. So that was kind of a gift to the Patreon folks out there. If you guys have not signed up for the Patreon, now is the time. And I'll say that, I really mean that right now, because this month in January, we're offering up uh, some special offers on Patreon. Uh, if you sign up for a year, um, you're going to get some free, cool stuff. So go over to patreon.com slash happy, sad, confused. All the information is over there. You'll see what we have to offer. Um, I think if you enjoy the podcast, you'll dig it. So that's that's my spiel for the Patreon. Uh, as always, remember to check our YouTube page out. Subscribe over there. You'll be able to watch this conversation with Claire Foy at youtube.com slash Josh. Horowitz. Okay, so let's talk about the main event, which, yes, is Claire Foy, who, I don't know, is this her fourth, maybe, visit to the podcast? I don't know. It's, it's, it's a lot, and it's, I will never, I will never say it's enough. She is always welcome. I love talking about silly things, about smart things. She is, I always say, I kind of try to be the intersection between smart and silly, and I feel like that is why I get along with Claire. Uh, Claire is a very smart brilliant actor, one of the best we have working today, but she can also be just such a irreverent, self-deprecating delight in talking to. Um, her new movie, which I, I'm sure I've talked about on the podcast recently because I did get a chance to see this pretty early on when it debuted at the Telluride Film Festival, is a really extraordinary piece of work. It is called Women Talking, and it features Frances McDormand, Jesse Buckley, Rooney Mara, Claire, uh, Judith Ivey, Ben Wishaw, the list goes on and on. It tells of a uh, small community, a Mennonite, well, I don't even know if it's ever mentioned, but it, it's intuited, I think, that it's a Mennonite com community, um, where the women are being horribly abused by the men in the community, uh, sexually, violently, um, really horrific stuff, and they gather to decide what to do. 
Um, they gather to figure out whether they should stay or they should leave, what their options are. And it is a, um, I mean, it's, it sounds weighty and it is certainly weighty. There is somehow levity in it as well. I've seen this movie twice and it just plays, it just works, and the acting in it is phenomenal. Um, I hope Claire gets acknowledged in terms of awards. I hope Jesse Buckley gets acknowledged. I know there's talk of Ben Wishaw getting acknowledged. Um, and Sarah Polly for directing, for screenwriting. Um, it's really one of the best films I've seen in some time, so I highly recommend it. It's in, uh, I think, limited release right now. I think it's going to go into wide release on January 20th, so check it out. Put it on your list if it's not already women talking. Um, I think that's the, that's really the, the main preamble. I hope you guys uh, enjoy the next year ahead on Happy, Sad, Confused. We have a bunch of amazing guests coming up. I will be able to talk more about that more freely or as soon. I'll be able to talk about the, the exciting events we've got coming up. We're going to hit our 500th episode this year, guys. 500 episodes of Happy, Sad, Confused. We'll try to make that one extra special. Um, so a lot to be thank thankful for. I'm thankful for you guys, as always, for listening. Um, and without any further ado, here is me and Claire Foy gathered in good old New York City about a month, six weeks ago. Um, I hope you enjoy um, the familial the familial vibe in the room and hope you feel like you're a part of the Happy, Sad, Confused family by listening in on this chat between me and Claire Foy. You're in the four-timer club. I've spoken to you more than I've spoken to members of my family <laughs> this year. Um, yeah, I'm like the regularity of a dentist visit or even yeah. more yeah you and are just as painful it's very reassuring well we have important things to talk about first let's just catch up it's i feel like i saw you literally about a month ago so there's not yeah. that much to catch up on mm -hmm. but um you just flew in today i did a couple of hours ago okay what's feeling the, fresh mm, good actor what's <laughs> the what's the flight regimen for claire foy um, are you watching movies or do you have six different eye masks on what's what's going Ooh. on if i found you on so, yeah. immediately post-COVID, when I saw you at Telluride, yes. that was like the first sort of trip I'd done for work on a long-haul flight. And I got a little bit overexcited, and I forgot about what it's like. So I had a couple of glasses of champagne. I felt amazing. You know, then eight hours in, didn't feel so amazing. <laughs> and oh, that was the it. flight they tried to ground, because the crazy lady in first class <laughs> yeah, was Let's not talk about the illegal activity that happened on the aeroplane. Um, and then got to Telluride and was like altitude sicknessy and jet lagged and also still probably a bit drunk and was like, that's, I can't do that. It turns out I now remember, rem I remember why I didn't ever do that. Right. Yeah, um, I, can't I can't drink anything on a plane. That's, it's, it's, it's just, no. But also not for, maybe if I was like going on holiday. Sure. An innocent glass of champagne. You is had like, work to do. You were you were about yeah. to launch your wonderful movie. What was I thinking? Not but also just throw caution to the wind. It was fun that one time, um, and then now I'm quite strict. But also I am a firm believer in not eating airplane food. Oh yeah. And I like I have a, like one of those big iPads, and I just download loads of stuff that I want to watch. I don't rely on the films on the airplane because the amount of flights you take, you end up using them all up it's true um yeah. yeah i just end up watching top gun maverick on every flight now it's all on every i watched flight. that on the plane it was great did you just watch it today? Not the, I, on, okay, when i went to la yeah i really enjoyed it i thought it was wonderful what um what did you watch on this most recent flight um <laughs> i watched series two of fleabag oh. which i've already seen several times but i find it very it's like watching a film because they're all little half hour so that made me feel nice yeah um i watched an episode of the kardashians um <laughs> what, <I> what? <laughs> yet the finale 
finale right. of the series, so I'm all caught up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I watched doc- doc- that document, The Vow, about Nexium. Have we not talked about The Vow, you and I? No. I well, I'm obsessed with that. Oh, my God. But it's finished now. I well, mean, ha- it must have finished a long time ago in the There's States. a new season of The Vow. Yeah, uh, I've watched it all. Oh, I haven't seen the new season. Is it's it, great. Yeah. It goes up to his conviction. It's amazing. Is he still playing volleyball? Is he still uh, an exceptional uh, volleyball player? The first series was disturbing. And then the second series is miraculously more disturbing because you actually <laughs> find out what happened. Right. It's unbelievable. Were and you, he is unbelievable. They keep talking about how he's so charismatic. And I don't get, I don't get it. Oh. I, don't, I don't see it. But you see like the effect. You see the other people who are still like under his spell. Yeah. God love him. Do you have the uh, the kind of disposition that would fall under the spell of a charismatic no. Uh, leader? No. You're a questioner. You you ask too many questions. You're a disbeliever. Quite... What are you? <laughs> All of those things. And I'm quite gullible. So okay. I take people. I'm like they're lovely, and then I find out they're a monster. Right. But um, I I'm much more. I don't know. I think I'm just a bit cynical. So I just would be a bit like I don't believe you, yeah. especially if someone's telling me that right is wrong and wrong is like you know. Things that I fundamentally, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that I don't agree with that. Right. No, this is good. These are good traits. Yeah, but I'm not like an, you know, an anarchist. No, they're extremes. You're (laughs) thankfully on neither end. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How is the unnamed dog? The unnamed dog, who's called Poppy. Oh, we can we can say Poppy. Let's, you know, the cat's out the bag. The dog's out the bag. (laughs) She's out of her bag. Look, we spoke about this. We spoke about the reasons why I didn't say what Poppy. Anyway, we'll not. They're justifiable reasons. But now we can say Poppy is the dog. Yeah. And you love Poppy with all your heart. She's not been very well. Seriously? I've left a very ill dog in England. She's not very ill. She's just had a bit of bowel trouble. <laughs> which Go turns on, out. More, more <laughs> detail. Perfect podcast material. No, but <laughs> apparently this is regular for dogs. Yeah. I didn't realize they found digesting things quite so tricky and that they ate so much crap off the floor, yeah. which could get give them all manner of terrible things mm. so i have been clearing up a lot of liquefied dog poo <laughs> the past couple of days so i'm very happy to be here really hoping this kind of conversation <laughs> leads to the oscar and all the trappings you deserve oh my god i, I, I was going to suggest if we didn't if we couldn't still name poppy poppy yeah. we just call her little matt little, no no we can't call her little matt no? she's much too pretty to be little matt who has better hair not. Poppy or Poppy. Poppy's like a Rod Stewart. She's got like a like a perm, inexplicable perm on the top of her head that moves of its own. She's an incredibly beautiful dog. I don't know how I lucked out with her, but she's very beautiful. Happy Say Confused got the video exclusive. Yeah. We have the tape to I prove don't think it. it did her justice, though. <laughs> I feel like I need to send you some videos of her like running in a field. Please. To get the, the majestic beauty yeah. of the animal. Any bowel movements you want to send? Just no, we I'm want... sorry about that. Please can you take that out? No, no one wants to about That's our bowel big pull-out quote for the conversation. But do you have to do that with your dog? It's just everyone has to do it who has a dog, basically. Yeah, yeah. Our dog has different kind of problems. Our our dog Lucy does not chew on. Luckily, is not a, doesn't eat weird things except streets of New York. God knows what you're going to get. Waste of all kind. Ooh. Yeah, we've had a lot of visits to the vet. New, new topic. Okay, let's move on. I don't think is <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're here for the entertainment and the films. They're not here for dog di- like diagnosis. They're, they're here for the dog. They're here for the Matt Smith reference. We got that oh, out of the way. Oh, there we go. By the way, is the reason you're here because he recently did his third appearance on the podcast. This pulls you did into the he? lead. God's sake, I just can't shake him off that, man. No, you got, the, you got the lead back. <laughs> How I many episodes of House of the Dragon have you watched? All of them. No, seriously? 
Yeah, why have you not? No, I haven't. I loved it. I'm just Good. I'm kind of surprised. Why? I didn't know you were did you were you a Game of Thrones fan? Yes. Okay. Um it took a huge amount of commitment which waned slightly towards the end, but I was there for it. Yeah. I love a TV event. Um and House of the Dragon, I was a very committed friend. Yeah. I disagreed with him in many scenes which I had to then tell him that I found quite disgusting to watch. <laughs> um, Not the best uncle. Uh oh. no. Anyway. Questionable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. And it's gone down really well. What a triumph. What a triumph for all concerned. Speaking of triumphs, yes. let's start the segue into the, the actual important topic. Really and we can't <laughs> joke too much because this is a really serious, wonderful movie that you were part of. It Obviously, is. I can't look you in the eye when I say that because that's not that's the nature of our relationship. No. But Women Talking is a really special piece of work. Um, and as I'm sure you can attest, and I can from the outside looking in, this really happens in this way, where it's like the material looks great on paper, yeah. the cast looks amazing, director awesome, and then it actually turns out to be as good, good as <laughs> you expect it. What a shock. No, but it, it is kind of, right? Yeah, I th but I do think that this was a particular film where I went into it going, if this isn't good, there's something wrong with the world. Yes. Because I thought the only reason why it wouldn't be good was because the way it was received as opposed to what the film was saying and what the film was. Right. I just didn't know whether it was ready to be made or people to watch it. Because I do think some people come out of it going, that's not a film. Right. Like it's not like a film that they have ever seen before. So therefore it's difficult for people to comprehend what it actually is. So is this, okay, when, when the world started to see this and I was lucky enough to be a Telluride when mm. it first screened. And it it was a palpable, very like visceral reaction from the audience. Mm. And just like, it is a conversation starter in the best possible yeah. way. And I don't know, did that strike you immediately? Like just, yes, you're watching the movie and you can see that it works, but then to see how it's been received by audiences, even though the world at large hasn't even seen it yet, mm. um, that makes it all the more unique and special, doesn't it? Yeah, because also you make things and I feel like this is one of the things that I've done where the experience of making it was its own unique kind of thing and existed right. in its kind of own little like echo chamber. And then the experience of other people watching it has been like nothing else I've ever done. I've never been part of something which, you know, the reason why it's been made is so clear yeah. and that the conversations people want to have about it are interesting and varied and complicated and really like diverse and it can be applicable to so many different people in so many different situations and so many people have got so much to offer and a lot of people are saying I'm going to watch it again I need to watch it again because they don't pick up on things or they're interested in a certain concept that someone spoke about and they want to go back to it and yeah. I've never been part of anything that feels like it genuinely is starting a conversation with people ever when you well i mean except for season of the witch which has still was people talk about for like it was number one in france i'll have you know <laughs> which is a conversation starter in itself what are the people of france it's thinking like you season of the witch and jerry lewis revered in france <laughs> for decades um yeah so th this this film in, in in brief this is about a a small community mm -hmm. um a community of women who have discovered collectively that they are being sexually abused mm -hmm. in the most horrific ways imaginable mm -hmm. um, and come together to basically decide what to do, to stay, mm -hmm. to leave, how to deal with this insane situation. Yeah. Um, 
It's directed by the great Sarah Polly. It is. Um, had you been an admirer of her work both in front of and behind the camera prior to this? Yes, I had. Yeah. So I watched Take This Waltz really weirdly in lockdown. Um, and then I watched Stories We Tell in preparation for meeting her. And I'd seen Away From Her like years before. You know, Away From That One. Um, <laughs> that's a, that that's a tough before. one. That's, that, that's oh, a brutal film. But beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then for some reason, my I only looked on IMDb at what she directed, hmm. which was an error. Because then midway through production, Ro Rooney was saying about Ramona Quimby, like about Ramona, the program that she did, which was basically my... Um, spiritual television program. Like I just, Ramona was my favorite thing in the whole world. So wait, did you not realize your director was Ramona Quinby? No. And then when I realized, <laughs> I thought that is so embarrassing that I can't tell her that I've just realized who she is, but also I need to tell her how much I love her. But is that weird that halfway through the production I'm only telling her now? And also what's wrong with me? Yeah, Why well, that's the I bigger question that raises, yeah. Yeah, but she wears glasses now. It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> She looks completely what was that different. about you not being gullible? And <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. And she had a mask on a lot of the time. Right. In real life. Okay. But there were, I in, real, in Ramona Quinby real life? No, no, no. In real life oh, when we were oh, shooting, she had a mask movie. on the I entire got, time. Got you, got you, got you. Yeah. Um, so, but there's still no excusing that. Um, so yes, I was a huge fan without realizing it, which is so shameful. You're also surrounded by uh, this amazing ensemble of actresses mm -hmm. and Ben Whishaw. Let's give I, oh. Ben is fantastic in it. Amazing. Um, but uh, Jesse Buckley, Francis McDormand, Judith Ivy, Rooney. Mm -hmm. um, is this one of the cases where, like, because from what I understand, I think you met first over Zoom. Yes. So had you met many of these women prior to setting foot on set, and is that is that always an anxious period where it's like? You're about to go on this endeavor that's that's going to be an arduous one. That's going to be an intense one. And you're going to need to feel collectively taken care of. Yeah, I think probably I would have felt that if it hadn't been so instantaneous. Yeah. Um, I I met Jessie like a number of times before. And she's just the greatest person. And I've met Ben before. So I knew. And also then I thought, well, that's interesting, isn't it? Ben and Jesse are like some of the finest actors around and also incredibly genuine, lovely people. You couldn't meet more genuine, lovely people. I was like, and Sarah, from my impression of her, was exactly the same. So I was like, so that bodes well. And also I knew everybody's work. Yeah. You know, I'd admired everybody. So I wasn't thinking I was going to, someone was going to turn into like be a complete diva or like a shocker of a human being. Right. Um, but I think that what was really interesting about it was just how, on the same page we all were about what we, how we were going to approach it, mm. what we wanted to know, what the core, like, it was fascinating for me actually to just watch all these different people work in completely different ways, but all have a real sense that what they were doing wasn't as important as the story where they were telling. And I feel that a lot anyway on film sets. I'm just like, you know, let's just do like pay, like do the work and yes. be nice to everyone and then go home. Um, yeah. yeah. And so it was lovely to be in that sort of relaxed, kind of like, oh, I know what, we're all here for the same reason, which was lovely. When this part in particular was presented to you, did you feel mm. like you like, oh wait, they, they made a mistake, they gave me the good, like they gave me the really good one. Yes. They're all good, but like this yes. one, Salome so is kind of like she, I don't know, for I think for any audience member, they're gonna feel like a catharsis through this character because she, yeah. There's anger right from the start. Mm, um, yep. and, <laughs> a lot and, of it. <laughs> a lot of it. And justified anger, of course. Yeah. But it's like, you know, you as an audience member, I as an audience member, you, you feel that. You're like, 
you want to rage against the situation, mm. and she is kind of that vessel in a way for an audience. Yeah, there definitely was a feeling. I mean, uh, there was. I think she met everybody for every part, basically, in in the way that she did it and when, the way they cast it. They met right. a lot of people for a lot, and it was basically a piecing together. So. I could very easily have not had that part because I wouldn't have worked with the strategic, like with the family members or whatever that she was planning. Yeah. Um, but there was definitely, cause it sort of went away. I did a read through for it and then it went away. It just didn't, I didn't hear about it. So I was like, oh, well, that's not happened. That's fine. Like that makes sense that that's not happened. That's okay. Right. And then it came back and I was like, no, 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 that can't be right. Like literally everybody wants to want to play this part. Right. Why have you given it to me? You've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> Which is, I think, the natural reaction that people have when, when you're given such a, like she's such like a gift of a part. Yeah. And the thing is so incredible that I just was like, what are the chances? Do you circle like a day, like there's a, there, again, there's some, they're replete with great moments in this film, but there's, there's a speech in, in this, where you kind of speak to like the, what you would do for your child. Yes. That stands out as, as a really special moment that is, a, again, like just frankly juicy material, I would think, from an acting perspective. Yeah. Is that something that from the, the get-go you see in the script and you're going to be like, that's, that's going to be a day, that's going to be something to... Be fearful of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you look at where it is in the shooting schedule and you go, okay, how long have I got to prepare for it? Yeah. Okay, good. I've got a little bit longer for that one. Let's hope there's not, it's not weather cover. Right. Um, and it's thrust <laughs> upon me. But I think I said that to Sarah. I was like, just let me know if you're going to get to that sooner than you think you're going to get to it. Yeah. So you can sort of ignore it for a bit. And also what was really amazing about that, because it obviously comes quite late on, is that because of the way we shot, we shot chronologically. And so you have this sort of bank of experiences you've already had. And we'd shot a lot. Yeah. So... I had a lot of muscle memory and like emotional stuff going on that I had seen happen and I had been part of and which really helped inform it. But but like most things like that, which is one of my favorite parts of the job is that you do all the work, you're surprised on the day and you, I don't want to do it a lot. We only did that, like my coverage on that tw twice. Oh wow. Um, and then I got to do it loads for everyone else, which was great. But at the same time, I'm just like, I've lived it, I've done it. That's mm. brilliant. Move on. And I don't really, I can't remember what happens. Like I don't, it's just the dreamiest thing. Because a lot of the time you're actually in a scene and you're like cranking the engine and you're going, good God, I've got to get to the end of the day. Yes. But when it's something like that, that you're just like so invested in and you've really in your head kind of investigated all the different angles of it. It's amazing then just to get it out, get it out of your system. Like it's, yeah, it was great. I'm a little surprised. So I, I know I've talked to many of these other cast members that we talked about uh, mm. and and one that that I've always had trouble like breaking through with and it's not for lack of like loving her work is Rooney Rooney's like an enigma really? to me well, she is an enigma and this was like the most shocking moment of my Telluride experience is like when somebody just on a panel mentioned that like she had a fart machine <laughs> on yeah. set yeah and I was like Rooney Mara? Like, what? Listen, she is a dark horse. She is the, one of the most surprising people I have ever met yeah. in my life. She is incredible. And she's incredible in this film. And uh, yeah, she she is just enig an enigma. She is like one of those people that you're just like, how do I get what you've got and right. put it in my own body? Yeah, she draws you in. Like, she's she, like, yeah. yeah. She's magnetic. And she's also, she's very funny. She's very dry. But yeah, that day... She raised it very early. She was like, look, how are we going to laugh for right. three days straight to do that scene? And we, I was like, I don't know. It's going to be awful. And we were just like, we'll just have to make each other laugh. So we did that for a bit. There was quite a lot of 
crude things going on. And we were laughing. <laughs> and then suddenly from you hear someone breaking wind. Oh. And you're like, oh, that's funny. Am I allowed to laugh at that? <laughs> and then you see it break out amongst everyone. And you're all, and then it happens again in the next take. And then again, then you just look over and Rooney Mara serenely is sat there like with just pushing a button going. <laughs> Self-satisfied. Yeah. Just. And you never knew when she was going to do it. She'd set up the, you know, like the speaker and everything. Wow. Like just genius. Dedication. Yeah, and I, it worked every time. I mean, I expect, look, we've talked about like your adolescent male co-stars in the past. <laughs> yes. Any of them we could substitute in and be like, of course, McAvoy has a fart machine. Of course, like, you know, th you would, would think. Would they? Would they? No. Well, because it's, no, not that, that, yes, they would. I'm sure McAvoy, but it was just incredibly, <laughs> like, it was actually, what was amazing about what Rooney did was it was very giving. I know yeah. that sounds very giving with the fart machine. <laughs> But she wasn't just doing it for herself. Like no, she no. was doing it for all of the us. And also good. she was acting in the scene and instead she was thinking, when shall I press it? Well, I'll press it now. Like, you know, she had A actual... true leader, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What a woman. Um, I'm a huge fan of Jessie Buckley's oh. and, and, and I, I got to like meet her a few times in, in Telluride when I feel like I was inadvertently stalking you guys. I apologize. I was... Every day, all day. We, it but, wasn't but, all day. No, but I think... You would, I would have, there were definitely people there as well. I was like, oh, saw you in the coffee right. line this morning. Yeah. It's a lovely festival for that. It was so great. Um, I saved you from a bear. Yes, you did. Yeah. You, but you, you saw a bear. I saw a bear. Yeah. And I, war and I warned you. About the bear. And then so. we went on a walk and were terrified of the bear the entire time. <laughs> that was the goal. <laughs> <laughs> and like absolutely, like every time I was like, thinking it was hunting us. Yeah. <laughs> it looked like a very cuddly, lovely soft bear though, so I don't think it would have done. Did um it did feel like the environment in Telluride, which is unlike any other film festival, like everybody I don't know if you were noticing this, everybody was talking about like the women talking like girl crew basically like roaming together. Were they? Oh god. No, in a wonderful way. It was like, oh wait, there they are in another movie. There they like they, but it was very sweet because It was like it, a bus tour basically and we were just like <laughs> like, like garbling around Telluride. But no, yeah, we went because we, we, I don't know. It feels natural for us to move as a unit. And I think the way that Fran and Dee Dee and Sarah are is the more, the merrier, the more fun you can have, the better. Right. And so we just, yeah, we went, we just organized it all together. Was everyone else not doing that? Is that a bit weird? <laughs> well, the Tar group is much smaller. It's Kate Blanchett True. and Well, exactly. We've got a Tom lot of Field. people. Yeah, yeah. But we would just like be like to the younger girls as well. We'd be like, we're going to see this. Do you want to come? And then they'd just be like, sure, okay. <laughs> is, there a, is there a WhatsApp group? Is there a text chain? There is a WhatsApp group. I shall not tell you what it's called, but it's a really great name. <laughs> I wish I could tell poppy? you. Um, no. Wow. It's just, I don't want to, no, it's very precious. Okay. Yeah, what happens on the WhatsApp group stays in the WhatsApp group. Who's most active? Who's? Um... Well, that's very difficult. We all are very active. What's We're like all very active. Is it about... Like, what, what are the topics? What are, what are the, what is Frances saying? Is no, Fran's not on it. No. Because she's like the boss. She's the boss. I feel like she has like a rotary phone she carries around with her. She wouldn't have like, <laughs> even, I, I yeah. mean, this in the nicest possible way. She's just in a different plane of existence. Yeah. I think that Fran was like this extraordinary sort of, in the first couple of weeks, because it was COVID as well. It was really difficult. I think in her head, what she wanted was for us all to live on the farm, mm. everyone's children to be on the farm and just have like this incredible, like beautiful experience where we lived on a farm and shot this film and then realized that was never going to happen. Right. Um, and uh, so she could only be there for the first kind of couple of weeks and then she left. But that's what's been amazing about doing all this together is we all get to be back together again as a group and also hearing her and Dee Dee and Sarah's perspective Outside, we became like the 
Sarah's on the WhatsApp group, but like we, the the group of us actors became like a company, like I should imagine quite a terrifying company, which moved, we moved together all the time. <laughs> and when we weren't all in one scene, it felt very strange. Right. And we, yeah, we we're a bit of a beast. I also found it refreshing, like, Look, I've seen a lot of your work. I can't claim to be the, the Claire Foy completist. You've seen Season of the Witch, so I think you probably have. Multiple times. You um, haven't seen it multiple times. I think I have. I think That's awful. <laughs> Why do you th think I keep wanting to talk more? I need to crack the code of Season <laughs> of the Witch. Is it because it's been on telly in hotel rooms? Is that why? No, I, I've told you this before. I was at the premiere in New York. Um, for you me God, you know, I did mention this. Thanks for not even Sorry. caring. I blanked it out. Um, no, and I've, I've seen it in bits and pieces, and it's fun to revisit a movie once you get to know somebody that is now... Uh, you know, I was at the premiere in New York. Yeah. We were just ships passing in the night. Oh. Um, so, what was I going to say? Oh, I know. Yeah. Um, this character, mm -hmm. unlike many characters, I don't want to like generalize, but like, look, you're British, so you have to, pl you have to play your fair share of repressed... <laughs> roles because i am very repressed as I'm a not, person also no you're not yeah no i mean i've got a you know that's my wheelhouse do you well do you enjoy though i mean i guess i would i mean elizabeth salander's obviously although she, there's, she was there's, very controlled and restrained controlled but with explosions of yeah but she was yeah but she was contained like she wasn't used expressing emotion wasn't safe for elizabeth right so so yeah is there something Again, this is like I'm asking one of those silly questions that always comes up in interviews, but I will anyway. Is there, mm. there something cathartic about expressing rage yeah. and anger in this like insane situation? Yeah, oh. I think it's difficult. I wonder, I've thought about this. I wonder whether some actors are more comfortable with doing anger and sort of relish it and love it. You see it a lot from men in movies. Yes. They're angry a lot of the time <laughs> and they're like throwing stuff around and everyone's sort of supposed to listen to them. I'm not one of those people like, in life, I don't think getting angry at people gets the best out of them right. in general. And also, I'm much more passive aggressive. I feel like that's a really good approach. Yeah. Um, just don't <laughs> don't say what you mean. Just inadvertently drop it in in a mm. sort of slightly snide way. Right. Um, and like sick, but, yeah. but true. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I think that's just a better approach. Yeah. Uh, no. What sets you off? What what gets under your skin? Oh. Banal day to day pet peeves of Claire Foy. Go. Things not running on time. <laughs> I mean, I'm always late for everything. But I mean, like, I, me and Emma were talking about this. Baggage reclaim. Baggage <laughs> reclaim, everyone. And I'm only thinking this recently because I've been on lots of planes. So I understand how privileged I am. Yeah. But just, I get it. Everything's understaffed. But I seem to have really bad karma with bags. Yeah. Like, it, they're the last one to come out. And you're tired. And you're just like, where's the... Where's the flipping bag? It does feel like they should have cracked the code by now. We've been, air travel has been going for decades, many decades. <sighs> Why can't we figure this out? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I do, I get more annoyed at myself than I do, I think, at other people. And then I blame other people, but really I'm just so annoyed with myself. Right. I'm very, I'm one of those people who leaves the room and goes, I'm carrying too many things. I'm going to drop something and then I drop everything. Right. I've only got myself to blame. What about on a set? What, what gets you going? Nothing really does, actually. Um, I mean, I'm quite good at taking myself off with my own head and letting everything else carry on. I'm very, you know, I'll just say, could everyone get out of the eye line? Right. I think that's fine. Um, but on set, people like getting aggressive. I think there's a way of communicating which is just like, 
very clear and actually when you just go no i'm not i'm not going to shoot until this is all figured out yes i one thing that does really really get on my nerves is things not being safe stunts I can't tell you the amount of situations I've been like, no, it's all right. You're about to meet an ele elephant. doesn't matter. No, you don't need to meet the elephant before. Just drive at it at high speed and then get out the car and meet the elephant. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure I shouldn't be okay with that. And now I'm being made to feel like I'm really uptight and high maintenance because I'm like, I'm quite scared of meeting a giant elephant. Right. Is this a metaphor? You, did this happen? No, I did, it did happen, yeah. yeah. On Breathe. It was like a film I did with Andrew Garfield, which was, oh, right, you know, right. I, maybe I was a bit of a baby about it, but no. I was a bit like, I feel like this is a bit unsafe, guys. It's not a trained elephant. It's just a random elephant that we're driving up to. <laughs> or like stunts. I've, I can't tell you the amount of times I've been involved in stunts where I've just gone this isn't okay. And then everyone goes, no, it's fine. And you go, okay, I'm going to trust that you know what's going on here. And it turns out that no one does. And yeah. it's bad. But then I haven't done anything like that for a few years. So I think things have probably changed now. Okay. Um, some random stuff for you. Okay, what's, what's, the, what's the happiest you've ever been getting a role? Just the, the phone call, the email. What, what, what stands out when I say something like that? Oh, I did a job in England called The Promise, which was directed by someone called Peter Kosminski. Okay. And I'd auditioned for it for what felt like a hundred times. And I, it's the only job I've ever done where I was like, I, it, I've always been very sanguine. And I've always been like, if I don't, I don't really, the not getting of a job I think makes more sense than getting a job to me. So I'm like, sure, yeah, that, well done that for realizing. Yeah. <laughs> um, whereas that job, I auditioned for it so much. And when I finally got it, I was like, oh, hurrah and we got to shoot in Israel and um and it was uh yeah that was great I think and, and that's not to say like this woman talking I was also thrilled but but the fear came right immediately on the tails because it was COVID it was going to Canada it was also yes. this part these characters these women that I was going to be working with I was like there's a lot to worry about here so is there no, you were just uh, heading off my next question. There's no low. There's no like when you didn't get a, a part where you always feel like, oh, it's, that's it the It wasn't default. mine. It wasn't yours. And what can you do? Like what? This is way too rational. Uh, no, but I what think. can you do? Things come to you when they come to you. And I get it. I was talking the other day, we were doing, you know, that actresses round table thing. Mm -hmm. And everyone was talking about, you know, what, when they've gone after a part and things like that. And I don't mean to make out that I'm lazy, but I also, like things, I just believe that things, like really weird things happen to me. Like for example, watching Take This Waltz and then like two weeks later, Sarah getting the email about Sarah or I once did Macbeth and two, like a week before I was found even found out about it, I had a dream where I was reading Shakespeare and then I thought maybe I should read some Shakespeare and then I got an audition for Shakespeare. I hadn't touched Shakespeare since I left drama school. Like not saying that it's like celestial or something funny's going on, but I just... I don't believe, I, yeah, I think that I, the right part will find me and they will find me for the right part. You're still on the crown. You just, they can't let you go. <laughs> I love that you're still you can't, the They can't let you go. You can't let them go. Listen, um, what? <laughs> <laughs> you had something to say. Do, uh, like... You're going to be on every season at this point. They're, they're, they're no. going to just keep coming back for more. No. What, how does it work? Do they give you a heads up way in advance or are they just like uh, two weeks, oh, we're going to need a little flashback Problem action? Problem is, Peter Morgan has my personal email. So he will very casually send me a, if I write this scene, do you think about doing it? I'm like, sure. And then, you know, four months later, I get a phone call. I'm like, yes, I, yes, yes, I, yes, I'm doing that. <laughs> and, um, but this, I was really, 
um, I don't know. It just felt nice. I I really admire Imelda Staunton. I think she's an extraordinary actress. And it's the last series, and I'm really proud of it having ever been in it. So, yeah. sure. Is it feel, I don't know, was it discombobulating? One kind of retrospective question on The Crown, I'm curious. Like, when, when that job happened, you'd been working for a while. You'd been doing a lot of really exciting, interesting work. But, like, your profile, your fame changed pretty quickly. And, I mean, that has to be discombobulating for an actor, or just, like, in your head, like, wait, I'm still the same actor, but all of a sudden, nobody knew who I was, and now everybody in my country and, indeed, around the world seems to know who I am. Was that as odd as it seems like it would be, or were you so in it that it just kind of It's difficult. Life? I don't know whether across the board for people who've had that experience it is. I think, for me, it was um, so out of the ordinary it was almost laughable. Like, we were getting emails from, like, Elton John saying that he'd watched it. And I was like, I literally cannot understand. It's not compute, no. No. Yeah. Um, and I don't think, I think in England it's a different, like, it's a different kettle of fish. Like, you don't, it's, in London especially, you get on the tube, everyone sort of goes about their life, and if anything, people are a bit like, as an actor like they're not really like they don't really care right. and also I've been known in the UK for, for quite a long time sure. so and I never got recognized so that wasn't a problem it was when I came to the states that lots of people that I had would never meet or have occasion to meet would know who I was that I found very strange yeah um like it is a very very odd thing to happen but I think I had such a sense of my own reality and I was still shooting it when it all kicked off that I don't think it would have been possible for me to to buy into it or engage with it. And now I'm like, God, I wish I could go to back to that party and not be thinking about having to get the plane home and go back to work. Enjoy the moment. And just enjoy more. the moment and go up to that person and go, I really love you. <laughs> um, which I didn't really, it was too strange for me. I was suddenly inside yeah. all the films I'd ever watched with all the people who in did, them. Who didn't you go up to? What's the regret? Everybody. <laughs> Like every award show, every... I saw Tom Hanks carrying a tray at the Golden Globes, carrying a tray like this with like martinis on, walking through the crowd and everybody was looking at him going, where did he get martinis from? But also going, Tom Hanks has got martinis, of course he has. But it was just such a like, that's actual Tom Hanks. Yeah. But I was so out of it that I couldn't engage with it. Yeah, it was just a very... It, very surreal. And also, now I have a perspective on it, I'm able to see what an amazing moment it was. Amazing moment. I'm so lucky to have had that in my career. Like, it's a really beautiful thing. And I'm glad it happened when I was old. Oh. <laughs> Older. Seasoned. Seasoned, yeah. Wizened. No. <laughs> Weathered. I was only 31, so actually I wasn't that. Wasn't you know, that old, no. in actress speak, you were basically... Oh my God, it was done. old bread. Yeah. <laughs> um... One question from uh, our fans out there. Jen Caden wants to know, uh, who is one actor, actress you have always wanted to work with? I know <gasps> this is unfair. Jesse Buckley was one of them and Ben Whishaw. So I've done them both, yep. which is great. I'd love to work with Olivia Coleman. I don't think that would be a good idea, though, because I just think I would laugh, even if it wasn't funny, everything she did. I'd find her inherently funny human yeah. being. Um, there are too many. God, that's really hard. Is it true you grew up a massive DiCaprio fan? Yes. What was it? Was it was it Titanic? Was it? It's his face. 
Let's start with his face. I mean, Sing over his face and his acting. No, uh, yeah, I, uh, Romeo and Juliet was yeah. a real moment in time. And also I feel like he was very unique in the sense that he was a sensitive leading man mm. of a certain age who you believed had lots of stories behind his eyes. He was deep. Yeah. He was deep. Yeah. Um, I was, yeah, I was deeply, deeply in love with him. What, um, I'm trying to do the math. How old would you have been at when Titanic came around? 97? So um, I would have been 13. Yeah. I saw it spot. seven times. Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah, I used to listen to the soundtrack on the bus on the way to school. <laughs> Just escapism. <laughs> I'm not on a bus on my way to a, a school. I'm, you know, on a boat with Leonardo DiCaprio about to die. <laughs> that's you know where that's I wanted to live that's a beautiful thing um, okay let's let's run through some um, potential uh, projects you actually shot I think Strangers which yes. has I love Andrew Scott Paul Mescal's killing it in everything he does oh, right now Dreamboats and Jamie Bell Jamie, and me sweet guy. And it you. was a real it was a wonderful moment to be me on set what, uh, what, what can I can or should I know about this one um, I have a perm in it you have a perm a perm okay. yeah mm. So that's number one. Okay, that's the leading. Um, yeah. I don't really know because I don't know how to explain it. Okay. It sounds enticing. That's good. It's really special. Andrew Hay, who directed it, is a wonderful director. And, you know, I, it's Andrew Scott's story. I'm a, I'm a very small part in it, but I just was really pleased to be asked to be part of it. I've known Andrew forever. He is just the dreamiest person yeah, alive. Dream. I just watched... Uh, Catherine called Birdie. The oh, other have you day. watched it? Is yeah, it great? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, great. Um, and you're producing more. It seems like you're starting to really rev up. Trying to. I. Not really. I'm involved with lots of things okay. at the very beginning, which is really fascinating okay. and great. And also, for some reason, people are listening to things I'm saying, which I find remarkable. Um, but yeah, that's amazing. It's amazing being at the beginning of things, but also it's a very different setup for me to understand. How long it takes. Um, but also, you know, just how much lives and dies and how much, you know, I don't know. It's just extraordinary, really, to see that side of it. Let, let's run through, uh, finally, a couple, mm -hmm. um, some options for you. Because I'm okay. always trying to manifest new uh, career options for you. Okay, great. Thanks for that. At we least keep, someone is. We keep talking about the rom-com. And you keep always diminishing yourself, saying, like, you are incapable of fun and joy and <laughs> happiness, basically. Which, oh, by the way, this I'm points... Happiness. What you just did points out that see this is what what you're doing points it out because whenever I go through our interviews and I have to pull like a screenshot or something, I'm putting no, a stupid face. No one delivers more stupid faces. Variety of wonderful. I wasn't going to say That's stupid. That's very kind of you. My friends don't appreciate my faces that I pull. Really? Well, no. I mean, they just get very angry when we try and take a nice picture. I can't take a normal. It's not like I'm like <laughs> in the picture, but I just I can't. Yeah. Yeah, see, no. I find this very hard. No, and that doesn't feel real. No, that it's not real. You're, like you're like a mannequin yeah. right now. No. There we go. Yeah. Okay, I won't do that. Um, okay, so rom com's not going to happen. What if, like, you're, like, what if Tina Fey says, A Bridesmaids 2? Oh are my you God, in? absolutely. But I would bring that production down from the inside. Okay. There would be no laughs. No. I would love to, it would be amazing, but I would laugh at myself. I laugh at myself all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you're your best audience. Not because I, I no. think I'm funny, but I think of something that would be funny to do. And I'm like, <laughs> whilst I'm being like really serious. Um, Top Gun, the next Top Gun movie. Could you buy yourself no. as a, no. No, no, no. Because I hear he gets people in planes and makes them be physically sick. Yeah, that you're not willing to suffer for your art? No. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> not like that. That would be awful. I also don't want to put any prosthetics on. Uh, I mean, Tuffman doesn't use prosthetics. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Tuffman? I would need them to be in it. <laughs> we need you to pay a 400 pound pilot. What? No. <laughs> no, I'm just adding to things I don't want to do. Oh, I see. Something related to Top Gun. I want to do. Got it. Okay, so you're not going to, you don't want to do prosthetics. What about? Four hours in, what's that about? No, no. no. Mocap? The Andy Circus thing? I'd love to do that. I love Andy Circus. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you were directed by Andy, yeah. of course. Yeah. And I've acted with him. He's a wonderful man. I would do motion capture. And then, uh, where was I that I saw Benedict being, <laughs> <laughs> being the, the dragon in Lord of the Rings? Yeah. I don't want that to be out there. Have you seen that <laughs> yes, clip? It's fantastic. And he's like he's that. He's so committed. I'm like, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't do that. I would love to be a voice. I'd love to do a voiceover of something. Yes. Musical. <laughs> Baz Luhrmann calls. Musical. Oh, Baz Luhrmann's the dream. But I can't sing for Toffee, so that would be terrible. Auto-tune. They'll, fi they'll fix it in post. No, because everyone would know. I could, I, could, I could sing like someone who can't sing. Okay. Like, you know, like I could oh, sing I talk. Right. Talk sing. That's it. I could I, do I that. I just reverse the words. That's, <laughs> no, but it makes anything. more sense. <laughs> Star Wars. Could you buy yourself in a Star Wars movie? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think anyone else could, but sure, I'll do anything. <laughs> I mean, you, I, I've Apart heard you say you, you've been mistaken for Felicity Jones, so you might as well. All the time. Not so much anymore. Right. But in the good old days, it was me, Felicity, Andrea Riseborough. Right. Who else? This is a good company. That we would just all be like, hello, hi. <laughs> yeah. Ever got the, the Star Wars audition meeting? No? No. I don't think, I don't, I don't think I'd be top of their list. You, why? You're Claire frickin' Foy. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you're great, because you're manifesting things that yeah. could we never got, happen. We got you a bunch, of, no, that's not true. I feel like I've been dreaming this entire interview. <laughs> well, you're I'm still on the plane. Know, I'm still you're, on the plane. You're three champagnes in Very right confused, now. Very <laughs> confused, so I apologize to everybody who's listening to it. It's okay. Um, Is it? We're cutting out the, yeah. the really bad stuff. Okay, great. And there was some bad stuff. There was some bad no, skating no, no, moments. No. Um, it's always a pleasure. Always and pleasure. you shouldn't feel bad for being such a um, frequent guest on the podcast. This is... No, why would I love no, it? No, no, no. Tom Hanks was on recently. You're in good company. Oh, we're leveling up. Tom, how many times has he been on? What was that like meeting him? Did amazing. he have him at Trey of Martinis? He didn't. <laughs> he didn't. One can dream. It was weird because I had Colin Hanks on like two weeks after. So I'm just going through all the Hanks. Wow. Any, any other foys I should have on the podcast? You could get them on if you want. They're great. <laughs> get my mum on. <laughs> Finally, I would learn what makes you tick. <laughs> you all the secrets. Like, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. <laughs> Um, Claire, congratulations on uh, Women Talking. Honestly, I, I know you know it's hard for me to be earnest with you, but truly this is a special piece of work. It is. She's extraordinary in it. Everybody should check it out. They should. Um, and I'll see you in, you know, two, two to three months. <laughs> Always welcome. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. <laughs>